Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Where do you think creativity and culture can help? I have this bit of a mantra is that you cannot get social change without cultural change. You have to have cultural change within an organization or within the thinking about a problem in order to get the real change on the ground that you want to have. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 427 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to positive, creative, regenerative, heart and soul-led transformation, both locally and globally. Today, we're speaking with Kathy Hunt. Kathy is a successful consultant, businesswoman, and festival producer with over 30 years' experience providing research and advice to governments, architects, arts and cultural organisations, and artists in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and Hong Kong in her role as co founder of consulting company Positive Solutions. Kathy is a global WOW advisor and the executive director of the cultural enterprise of One Mind. She's the producer of WOW Festival in Australia. Kathy has overseen the development of WOW across the country since 2013, but more recently in Queensland. Following the success of the International WOW Festival as part of the 2018 Commonwealth Games, Kathy's led a team to develop and deliver WOW Australia from 2020 to 2022. Kathy is a board director of State Film Investment Agency Screen Queensland, a member of the advisory committee for the Queensland Government's Women's Strategy, and in January 2023 was appointed member of the Order of Australia, AM, for significant services to arts, culture and women. On today's podcast, we will discuss Kathy's contributions to creating collaboration, creativity, and a more gender equal world. How Women of the World is building a movement of action and change driven by creative and cultural dialogue, debate, and celebration. Kathy, wonderful to have you here today. Great to be here, Sarah. Really excited to speak with you. It's- to get started, could you just share a little bit about your background and what's led to where you are now? Gosh, think think about this. My, I suppose my life and my work has been in two sort of streams, really. One has been as a creative producer of cultural events and activities. And the other is as a consultant and business person developing their own consultancy in a specialised area and building that up into a business in, in its own right. And those two have started off in the creative space. That's what I came from the arts, came from doing that sort of stuff. 
and so started as a producer in events and moved into what was a burgeoning area, I think, at the time. This was back in, in the UK, the growing professionalization of arts administration and the professionalization of the cultural sector. And from that led into creating one of the first arts management consultancies in the UK, which was with with an Australian, somebody from Australia, and also somebody who ended up being my life partner for many years. So it's, yeah, it's weaving in and out of those two. And I think maintaining engagement with the actual content and understanding of what it is to be an artist or a creative practitioner at the same time as consulting in the world of how you develop this as a business and how you develop the best structures and funding and financing models to make it work. So in your journey, Kathy, have there been any like significant milestones that have really been pivotal for you? First of all, was that understanding of the power of culture and creativity. And I mentioned that one to you about, about the dance company in London. I then spent a lot of time working in a city, Liverpool, in the UK, and where you actually saw place, saw culture and creativity being so much part of how you could regenerate a place by focusing on, as we talked about previously, a strengths-based approach by the actual culture of people in Liverpool. Liverpool, that's where the Beatles came from. That's where the poets came from. That's where a lot of the comedians, I was the first director of the Festival of Comedy in Liverpool many years ago, using that place-based approach about celebrating your stories and your life and your culture and, and what then the economic, how that leads into being part of an economic solution for a place. That was one thing. But the other thing that I wanted to mention was the experience of, of growing as an organization and that whole pressure that often you're put on or you think when you start a company and you start a business and you think that you have to grow it, that the only way to do it is to get bigger and bigger and to employ more people. And we did that. We started doing that in the UK when we were running the business in the UK and got to a point where we were managing people, not doing what we were doing. We, we hadn't quite got big enough to have a middle management team in. and But it made us question at that point, why are we doing this? Back to the why sort of thing. How do we grow the scale of what we're doing and the impact of what we're doing without having to necessarily grow your own entity? This was many years ago. Started then working in partnership with other smaller organizations to create larger entities when we needed them to deliver bigger projects or bigger impact. One of the things I get very frustrated about, particularly within the rhetoric of growing the economy, is that we have to grow single businesses to employ more people. I think it was out of date then when I was doing it, and I think it's absolutely not the model now for how you grow an economy. It's not the economy that most people want to live in. It's not the business that most people want to run. And I think we have to focus on good. You don't have to grow. You have to be sustainable. And how do you build sustainability into something that will also have longevity? And that's the role we decided, the, the way we decided to go. Mm. 
just one question about that. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for people? So some people might really just feel into your concept and resonate with it. Other people might have resistance or be like, bring that to life for me. What does it look like? Oh, I, I think like that's for the important. people who are like, how could I grow my income or my impact without more people? People who can't see that leap, could you paint that out for them? Oh, I mean, well, for us, it was if you want to grow the nature of what we were doing, if we wanted to grow, we would have to build a business with more specialisms in it to create. And we would be directly doing the employing of that and of those people. You don't have to do that. You can do that in a much more flexible contract way while you build relationships with a range of different partners who can come together to deliver something bigger. That's what how that looked like. But I, I think I'm slightly also talking about a different thing, which is growth is the only thing that, that people want to invest in. Governments and venture capitalists and other investors, it's often about growth. I've been involved in trying to bring new models of financing and new ways of thinking into the social and cultural sector over the last decade and get very frustrated by investors and others using the same models and the same way of thinking as you would within the broader commercial sector. There is nothing wrong with making sure that in a community, some of the small and medium scale, often family-led businesses also get the chance to have investment to make change and to do things differently and to maybe grow a little bit and, and to be able to deliver returns I'm not saying that you don't get it all for nothing and you don't deliver returns, but it doesn't always have to be at this grand scale. Would it not be better to have a community that had 30 to 50 thriving businesses all working off each other, all with some form of longevity because they built risk and sustainability and other things into their business, rather than one single mega organization that's potentially going to close down the next time the new technology that we have comes in. It's a different way of thinking, almost a constellation way of thinking, I I often think about it, Mm. than Mm. actually saying that the future is always in big things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, it's like a business version of having monocultures. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, awesome. Awesome. And as the company executive producer for Women of the World or WOW, can you tell us a little bit more about WOW and the impact you and your team is generating in those spaces? Yeah, WOW. So so I've been the executive producer for WOW in Australia. The WOW Foundation is based in the UK, set up 13 years ago by somebody I worked for many years ago, Jude Kelly. And the reason I brought WOW to Australia, which was now about 10 years ago, was it coincided with two things going on in my in my life and the whole issue of gender inequality. <laughs> so while we brought WOW to Australia at the same year after seeing Julia Gillard's misogyny speech <laughs> in Parliament, we'd seen what Jude was doing and we thought, no, this is we desperately need a different type of conversation here around this particular inequality. And what Jude had done with creating WOW and the structure of how a WOW festival works was having a conversation in a very different way. Because what WOW does is, first of all, celebrate achievement. It comes from the perspective of working with artists and placing the whole event within a a cultural framework, a celebration, a setting, and talking about the amazing things women and girls have done. 
But within that, beginning to discuss and dissect what the problems are that still remain and get some of the best speakers and local women's input, because it's very place-based, to actually be part of that. So we brought WOW out here, suggested to the foundation that it should go global. We were one of the people who set it on its global path in Australia. And really, it was Queensland that then took the whole thing to heart. And we've been developing the WOW movement here since. And that coincided with me going from, if you talk about change making, I had been in this position of running this organization that had been doing significant policy work in government and trying to make policy change at a macro level for some of the things that I truly believed in, particularly within the cultural and creative sector, and was beginning to get very frustrated with the lack of ability for systems change when you didn't have the really very few people who were prepared to change themselves, leaders within the space at the time who also had the capacity to be, be, be passionate about the change. There were one or two, and I worked with one or two amazing people in government in particular who did have that. But I became frustrated and thought that you can see when it's not going to happen. You can see when something's just, it needs a different different people, different environment to make that particular change happen. So I thought, no, I'm going to go back to basics because I know what motivates me and what I see is that if I can get to grips with something back in the area of producing and making things happen on the ground, I know I can change. I can't change governments to change big things. I know I can go back to changing individuals and communities' lives because of the nature of the work that we do. So that was about seven or eight years ago that all happened. And that's when we started. But we created a nonprofit to build the WOW movement here in Australia. And with I love that you start with that strengths-based space and place building and then spiral off to talk about the deeper issues and inequalities of which there are many. Yeah. How has the WOW movement grown beyond the UK and Australia? There are now, it's on every continent. It's been in about 17 or 18 different cities. We're probably one of the most progressive ourselves, WOW Rio in Brazil, Harlem in New York and London are probably the ones that have been going longest. And then there is a series of others throughout Asia and one or two of happening in Africa, including one that's about to wow Kigali in Rwanda, that's also being driven very much by my senior producer here in Australia, Joe Pratt, who's working and driving that as well, because she's doing some work out there. Um, and we, we all came together in London uh, for the first time in March this year to talk about how you can use a global movement to create change. And we brought with us to London for the first time one of our co-patrons in Australia, June Oscar, the amazing Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Social Justice Commissioner. Um, and she came to speak at WOW London and she addressed the global WOW movement on the work she's been doing through her incredible Wiyani Uthangani Women's Voices report here to talk about where First Nations women sit globally in the context of the change that we need to make to really be truly intersectional within our feminism and within change. That was fabulous. That's really great to know and, and great to see how 
much the movement really is expanding. Yep, yep. And Kathy, you've got extensive expertise as you've touched upon and we mentioned in the intro, the cultural, creative community, corporate, government, business mm-hmm. sectors. How can we utilise culturally aware and creative frameworks to help us solve problems, in your opinion? And what would be some of the examples or suggestions that you might offer to people who are ready to really start looking at problem solving differently? The the biggest thing and one part of my background is being a strategic planner and thinking I love this stuff is that what I always say to people before you even start thinking about solving a problem or doing with, you've got to know why you're doing what you're doing. And I think one of the biggest problems <laughs> that individuals and organisations, regardless of who they are or who they might be, get themselves into, even when they think they've got a problem, is that they forget why they're doing what they're doing in the first place. And I think that is a really big issue for all of us is teaching ourselves as individuals and our organizations to think about the why rather than the how and the what. And there are plenty of examples you can go to, the obvious being Simon Sinek, who created the, the, the whole, that whole concept of thinking. But it is so true. And you see it all the time, particularly with purpose-driven organizations in the cultural sector, in the social sector, and those businesses who are trying to be more purpose-driven. Why are you doing what you're doing in the first place? You've got, you get so bogged down in doing the day-to-day, you've forgotten that. Before you even start thinking about that, think about why you're doing what you're doing. And that in itself might create the change. I also say to people everywhere, I would say to somebody in the arts, look to a different sector. I would say to somebody in the private sector, in a corporate sector, in some, something in mining, look to the arts. I think we get sector bound. We get content driven. Siloed. and everything like that. So I think the, the if you've, you've got a particular problem, don't look at necessarily how your peer group or your neighbour solved that problem. Look somewhere else and see if, you know, where that problem was solved in different places. And then finally, the issue of where do you think creativity and culture can help but I have this bit of a mantra is that you cannot get social change without cultural change you have to have cultural change within an organization or within the thinking about a problem in order to get the real change on the ground that you want to have there's no better way to change the culture of your thinking or the culture of your organization as to how it tackles a problem than by using stories and storytelling and culture and creativity. That's where I pull in then the issue of the arts. It could be anything. I mean, one of my great life experiences just in terms of thinking why I got became so passionate about this is that I had the opportunity to in London many years ago to take members of the Royal Ballet to one of the poorest housing estates in London to an arts centre, community arts centre there, and for young men in particular to see these dancers, to see their power, to see their athleticism, to see their beauty, their grace, their interpretation, their whatever, and see the look on those boys' face. And if you've actually seen the power of that some can change something in somebody to think, I can do something differently, I can make something different happen. So that's 
people often think about the arts as being, we'll use the arts in a way that it'll all be about social issues or whatever and do it in that way. But sometimes it can be the sheer beauty and impact on your, your mind and your emotions of listening to an incredible piece of music played live for the first time or see something like a, a dancer do something that you cannot believe see something beautiful created visually in a film as well as the traditional narrative that might go with some of that so i think it, it could be ev- anything and everything and i you get examples of where the arts have engaged with specific issues and that's what we do and that's what we do yeah. obviously while we commission women artists who are tackling a particular issue through their poetry, through their music, through their visual art, or through whatever. But it can be anything, and it be that movement that, and particularly often when you see it, you see something that moves you in a way that makes you think differently about something. But you know, there are many ways in which people can get practically use the arts to change their thinking. And I mean, just thinking about getting creative people on your board, you're always in the arts. You're always forced to think about getting business people on an arts board. And my big thing is for we need more creative people on business boards. The nature of the businesses, some arts businesses are very big businesses and they manage very complex situations. They manage it with people, with money, with the content that they're creating. They take risk. They do all these things. And that experience and the way of thinking about problems, put, put that at a board level is one thing. And then obviously to use the arts, the other way of doing it is to actually engage your workplace and your people with the arts, with an arts organisation or with an event. We've worked very closely over the last few years with QSuper and it was a really rewarding experience for them as an organisation being involved with us and what we were doing and for us being involved with them and the development of their women's strategy for superannuation. So there are many different ways that we can work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Kathy. I'm curious about what kind of inspiring projects or initiatives you may have come across recently that you feel are creating really powerful and positive social change. I mentioned June Oscar's work before, the Wiyani Uthangani Women's Voices Report. She had a conference in May in Canberra this year, which was very like a wild festival, but specific, it was a thousand First Nation women from all over the country. In that were examples of the most amazing women-led, First Nations women-led initiatives from all over the country, be they in health, be they in culture, be they in economics and finance or whatever, that were making significant change in their communities. And if uh, people go to the uh, Australian Human Rights Commission website and the Wiyani Uthangani or June Oscar's Women's Voices report, and you will be able to see, I think, the, still the details of that conference and some of the businesses that were showcased there. One of the ones that we've worked with quite a bit in WOW is Didge up in Cairns, Deadly Inspiring Women Doing Good created by three young women who were working in the community, in government-type roles, public sector-type roles, who knew that the nature of the work that they were doing was not getting to young people and making the change that was needed. So they have created their own non-profit to make that change. And I think it's a brilliant initiative, and you'll be able to see that actually at 
Mara from Didge will be involved in our Voices Shaping the Future event at QPACT in October. Another project that will be there, represented there, will be Isabel Renke from the Grata Fund. And the Grata Fund is this amazing uh, initiative, Isabel's the co-founder, that is funding the legal action for climate change from the First Nations, the traditional owners are in the Torres Strait. So that's not the only thing they're doing. They are raising money to fund big class actions that individuals and communities cannot take themselves. They've already had some really good wins in uh, the housing sector, and they're working now on this huge project where they're actually challenging the Australian government about its climate change policies on behalf of traditional owners. And Isabel, again, will be with us in October. And then a project that's coming up that's in development that we will be working closely with over the next few months for the second stage of, of their development, we hope, is again a creative project which has come out of the story of the Biloela family. And there is a significant project in development there which will be telling the story, the home to Billow story. People watch out for that over the next few months. That will be developed and I think will end up being a major project for festivals and everything probably in 2025. But that's, again, community story, narrative, driven idea that is fabulously creative company, uh, Brisbane-based company, um, which will working with the community to tell that story and that by doing that and by taking that story i mean we followed that story ourselves and we've been involved with the women who created that campaign in the community and then priya and nadez and the family when they came back they were part of wow in logan last year and just to see the impact of that story what happened in that community how women in that community got together to create change and i think that's a fabulous amazing example and to now create that and pull that into a bigger narrative is is fantastic Mm, that's great to finish off what are some books or resources that you would recommend to our listeners i listen to things that have often been recommended by other people i spend a lot of time having to listen to and see things that are involved with what i'm doing and on that i would on leadership, Julia Gillard's book on women and leadership that came out about 18 months ago that she wrote with um, oh, the Nigerian economist Ngozi Okonjo-Iweala. That's it. She is the Director General of the World Trade Organization at the moment. And together with Julia Gillard, they both wrote a book on women's leadership, which was interviews with all the big women's leaders from across the world looking at their journey and their story and looking at the the narratives behind. That is a fantastic one to read as a woman and as somebody aspiring to be a leader. I would definitely go for that. On the impact side, often pick up on Dumbo Feather podcasts, Small Giants and and what they're doing. And I was listening to one recently, a great one actually, really good one that's out at the moment on um, the Global Happiness Index. I'm fascinated. I mean, changing the economy is the one thing that I am passionate about in relation. So anything about changing the economy and rethinking the economy is something that uh, that I listen a lot to. So a great little book <laughs> that I've just read, I just remembered this, um, is she's coming to 
she's coming to do workshops for schoolgirls as part of our event in October. Michelle, Michelle Bowes. And it's a little a book she's created. She's a financial journalist and she's created a book for young women called Money Queens, Rule Your Money. And it's fabulous. And she's coming to do workshops as part of our Voices Shaping the Future for school students in October. It's a great tool for young women. And she, she's quite serious about that, focusing on young women, about how you think about now what your money story is and how you're going to take that with you into the rest of your life. So it's a fun little book called Money Queens. So anybody out there with kids, check that one out. Amazing. Love it. Kathy, it's terrific to have you on. Thank you so much for your time. That's okay. No problem. Fun. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter. Thank you.